flooding with currency. Yeah? Well, come on, give, give, give. Yes, yes.
Well, thank you very much. You are listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana, and this is the Jazz Focus. I'm your host, John Clark, and thank you for joining us this week, and hope you uh, make a habit of dropping in to hear what we have going on in the Jazz Focus. We uh, focus in on some elements of jazz recorded history that uh, hopefully have some sort of a, a connection or a theme going. And today we're going to be listening to some music made by Fats Waller, the great stride pianist and songwriter, singer, what have you, in the 1930s, up until the early 1940s. And uh, he made a series of recordings that were called Fats Waller and His Rhythm. That was the name of the band for RCA Victor, actually released on their cheaper Bluebird label. He started in 1935 and went up until right before he died in 1943. And during that time, he recorded enough to uh, later be released on... Um, something like 16 CDs, I think. Uh, he was that popular. He was one of the first crossover acts, African-American performers who became equally as uh, popular with uh, white audiences. And had he lived a little bit longer, he probably would have made it in television and uh, become an even bigger star. But these recordings were really his uh, great legacy in terms of jazz and popular music. He appeared in some films. Uh, he certainly toured with a big band as well. But these recordings featuring a small group, usually five, six, seven pieces, are what uh, we refer to uh, when we talk about Fats Waller's playing style and compositional style and so forth. And today we're going to be listening to a little subset of the recordings he made under the Fats Waller and his rhythm rubric. Uh, these are uh, instrumentals. And uh, of course, Fats Waller was, was popular probably more than anything because of his humor and his vocals and his stage presence. Uh, but he was really one of the foremost jazz pianists of the 1930s. He had uh, come up in the 1920s as a stride piano player and an organist. He'd studied with, uh, or informally studied anyway with James P. Johnson and uh, some of the great Harlem stride pianists. He also uh, really, for the rest of his life, tried to improve himself as a pianist, as a technician. He had a devotion to European classical music, especially the music of J.S. Bach. As I said, he was also an organist. He uh, played in a number of theaters, uh, playing in uh, New Jersey at a theater is where Count Basie met him, and Count Basie studied informally with him as well. Uh, and we'll hear some recordings of Fats Waller at the organ as well. But these uh, tunes, many of them, were alternate takes to uh, some of the, the, the primary takes that were released uh, by Bluebird. Sometimes they would record one uh, version of a tune with a vocal on it, and then they would record an instrumental version that was released uh, in non-English speaking countries, although one would assume that uh, the uh, the fun and passion of Fats Waller's delivery would make uh, even a non-English speaker uh, amused. And, but the uh, powers that be at Victor decided that they needed to do some instrumentals, and we are blessed with that because replacing the vocals were solos, sometimes a piano solo, sometimes a solo by one of the other musicians in the band or divided between them or so forth. And then there were a certain number of tunes that he recorded as straight instrumentals, most of which he uh, had written himself. So we started out with two interesting tunes from his earlier uh, career, or the earlier part of his career. The first one was a tune called Serenade for a Wealthy Widow. And this was composed by a British pianist named Reginald Forsyth, who composed some very odd songs in the 1930s. Dodging a Divorcee was another one. Uh, I think he had something to do with the tune Deep 
uh, Forest, which was uh, Earl Hines' theme song with his band, but they tended to be harmonically very unusual. They tended to be structured in very odd ways. This particular tune, Serenade for a Wealthy Widow, had several uh, different strains, and it really uh, was a composition that needed to be played. And there are certainly some other fine recordings in the 1930s of this tune, but uh, this is probably my favorite. And this is done with a group, uh, again, all of these are Fats Waller and his rhythm. This uh, band was uh, Herman Autry on trumpet, Floyd O'Brien, uh, the white Chicago trombone player, was added for this date, as was Mez Mesro, the clarinet player. Played some saxophone on there, too, in the background. We have Fats Waller on piano. Al Casey, who was only about 17 years old at the time on guitar, Billy Taylor on bass, and Harry uh, Dial on drums. And this was kind of the core group, the rhythm section anyway, for uh, many of these recordings. So that was Serenade to a Wealthy Widow, which was done on September 28th of 1934. After that, we went to one of those um, tunes that I mentioned earlier that... uh, was a a second take, omitting the vocal from the first take. And it was a tune by J. Haven's Gillespie called, or J. Fred Coots and Haven Gillespie, excuse me, called Whose Honey Are You? And that songwriting team was responsible for a lot of very well-known tunes in different genres. Uh, Louisiana Fairy Tale, You Go to My Head, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, Fats Waller recorded quite a few of their tunes. And the tune Whose Honey Are You? here featured uh, a guitar solo in place of the vocal by Al Casey. Again, he was was quite young at the time, uh, but a very fine uh, rhythm guitar player, and he became an excellent soloist, as we'll hear a little bit later. That was done on March 6th of 1935. Herman Autry on trumpet, Rudy Powell was on clarinet and alto sax, uh, along with uh, Fats Waller, Al Casey, Charles Turner on bass, and Harry Dial on drums. Those are our first two tunes in our uh, Fats Waller instrumental uh, program for today. Waller was born in 1904 in New York. He was uh, one of a number of children, although apparently he was raised in somewhat comfortable circumstances, not wealthy by any stretch, although he was given piano lessons very early and took to them quite uh, well. He was making recordings and leading bands and playing in shows by the very early 1920s. He also recorded quite a few uh, piano rolls, and at some point we might have a program on Fats Waller piano rolls. We did one on James P. Johnson piano rolls a little bit ago. I should also mention that I have a podcast, The Jazz Focus, and these shows show up there eventually, and I have quite a few other ones on there besides, if you're interested in exploring uh, uh, jazz-focused elements a little bit more. So we're going to pick up with uh, a tune that was a jazz standard at the time. This is I Ain't Got Nobody by... um, Uh, Roger Graham and Spencer Williams. Spencer Williams was a composer uh, out of New Orleans, and this was a tune that uh, became a a primary jazz standard of the 1920s and into the 30s. And this is the same group and the same date from Whose Honey Are You? Then we're going to move from that point to uh, an interesting uh, session from 1936, uh, June 8th of 1936. We're only going to play one tune from uh, this particular session. This was uh, a full session of instrumentals, and this was unusual in Fats' discography. Um, he certainly makes a lot of commentary, as he did on uh, Serenade to a Wealthy Widow and encourages the soloist and so forth, but doesn't take any uh, specific vocals. The next tune we're going to hear is Fractious Fingering, which is our first Fats Waller concert. Composition again from uh, June 8th of 1936, and we are going to hear uh, on this band Herman Autry again on trumpet, who was kind of uh, Waller's uh, go to trumpet player, although we'll hear some other ones coming up in a little while. 
we will hear uh, Gene Cedric on clarinet and tenor sax, and he was probably the most frequently used reed man on these recordings. Fats Waller, Al Casey, Charles Turner, and Yank Porter on drums. After Fractious Fingering, we're going to jump over to another Fats Waller tune uh, composed with Andy Razaft uh, doing the lyrics, again, an instrumental tune, Blue Turning Gray Over You from Connie's Hot Chocolates, and this was done on June 9th of 1937. So a little bit later, we have uh, in this band, again, uh, Herman Autry with Gene Cedric, uh, Fats Waller, Al Casey, Charles Turner, and Slick Jones on drums, and Jones was uh, probably uh, Waller's most frequent uh, uh, drummer in that sense. After that, we're going to uh, move to some other unusual recordings, I would have to say, of Fats Waller. This next one is a um, Waller tune called Mamacita. Uh, Jellero Morton wrote a tune by the same name, different tune, but same Latin influence. We're going to hear uh, Fats playing organ on this one as well. This is from January 2nd of 1941, so getting up there uh, in the discography uh, towards the end of his life. We're going to hear Johnny Bugs Hamilton on trumpet. He was a, another frequent uh, trumpet partner with, of Waller's. Uh, Gene Cedric again, Fats Waller. Al Casey, Cedric Wallace is on bass, and Slick Jones is on drums, again with Waller playing uh, organ in that one. And then we're going to finish up with a tune from the same session called Panton in the Panther Room, uh, dedicated to one of Waller's... Uh, most uh, settled gigs, I guess. He had a very long-term gig at this time in the uh, early part of 1941 at the Panther Room in Chicago. A lot of live dates uh, survive, or live recordings survive from those dates, so those are well worth looking up as well. So those are our five tunes for our Fats Waller instrumental set. I Ain't Got Nobody, Fractious Fingering, Blue Turning Gray Over You, Mamacita, and Panton in the Panther Room. Thank you. 
some fine instrumental tracks by Fats Waller and his rhythm starting out with I Ain't Got Nobody uh, from 19 
35, featuring some excellent guitar as well as uh, alto saxophone and clarinet by Rudy Powell, who uh, had uh, played in a number of bands in the 1930s, black bands. Uh, Cliff Jackson's uh, band in the early part of the decade, and then he went uh, for several years towards the end of the 30s with Edgar Hayes' band. We've heard his playing on several podcasts and shows before. After that, we went to Fractious Fingering, uh, that tune from that unusual session that uh, was really just a series of instrumentals with vocal interjections, and uh, we heard some superb piano playing there. I think in some ways that was uh, the high point of, of that whole set. Fats was a, a, an excellent piano player, and often his uh, abilities in that regard are overlooked uh, because of his abilities to entertain. Same thing happened to uh, Nat King Cole in the 1940s. He was such a popular singer, people de-emphasized the fact that he was also one of the best jazz pianists of the era. And Fats Waller uh, was really one of the best jazz pianists of any era, as we heard with Fractious Fingering, and also on the next tune, Blue Turning Gray, although we heard uh, not too much piano on that. That was actually a longer performance. RCA Victor, for some reason, decided to issue some 12-inch recordings in uh, 1938, uh, actually in 1937, sorry about that, and uh, they uh, accorded one of those to Fats Waller. Most of the 78s that were recorded by pop musicians and jazz musicians at the time were 10-inch recordings, which uh, generally held about two and a half to three minutes of music. A 12-inch recording could have about four to four and a half minutes, and uh, Fats Waller uh, decided to take advantage of the longer playing time to feature two of his own compositions, and that was uh, the first one, Blue Turning Gray Over You. We're going to hear the flip side of that, Honeysuckle Rose, at the end of the program. We heard some uh, very good jazz by all concerned. We heard some uh, good Slick Jones drum uh, playing in there. We will hear some good uh, drum solos and vibraphone solos by him on Honeysuckle Rose a little bit later. We heard some uh, Great Swing Trumpet by Herman Autry, who was kind of a journeyman musician who uh, played in several different bands, but he was known for these combo dates. He also toured with Fats Waller's big band. This was, of course, during the big band era, and uh, Waller toured with a conventional uh, 15, 16-piece big band for dance dates and theater dates and so forth, but generally broadcast uh, with his smaller group, his rhythm, and recorded with them as well. Although there are a number of really fine big band recordings that uh, Bluebird, RCA Victor, made of the Waller Band at several different points. We'll be doing a show on those a little bit later. Also, we heard Gene Sigrick, who was a, a, an interesting clarinet and tenor sax player. His clarinet playing had that kind of raspy style we might associate with Edmund Hall, maybe not quite as uh, technical, but um, very swingy, as was his tenor playing, which was very unusual. It didn't have any... Uh, obvious models like Coleman Hawkins or Chewberry or Lester Young. He was really his own man. Played a very shouting, jumping style of saxophone that uh, probably became uh, more the style that uh, rhythm and blues players used about 10 or 15 years later. And then we heard Al Casey, who, as I said, was just out of his teens at this point, may have still been in his teens at this point, a very young player who was an outstanding rhythm guitar player. We've heard some chord solos of his uh, on some of these tracks. We're going to hear some single string and very good jazz solos coming up in a few minutes. We also heard Charles Turner on bass and, as I said, Slick Jones on drums. Then we went to Mamacita, that uh, Latin-y tune that was by Fats Waller that featured his organ playing, and um, some interesting playing on there. Uh, this was one of the few, in fact, quite possibly the only Latin tune that uh, this band recorded. This was a, 
an unusual one for uh, Waller and, and don't know how it sold. Probably not very well because the uh, experiment was not repeated. So these uh, featured, as I said, Waller on organ as well as uh, Johnny Bugs Hamilton on trumpet. He also toured with the Waller Big Band. Cedric, um, Cedric Wallace on bass, Slick Jones on drums, and Al Casey again on guitar. And then we finished up from that same date, which happened to be on January 2nd of 1941, Panton in the Panther Room, a good swing era, kind of themeless, riffy tune uh, that all the bands had to play. And Waller had a particular genius of organizing. He could put together kind of a vapid little tune like that and make it sound much more meaningful just by his own playing and uh, the voicings of his horns. Many of these tunes uh, were arranged in the studio. They were not necessarily things that the band was playing, maybe some of Waller's originals, but they would be given uh, tunes to uh, record, to hopefully make hit recordings of and make everybody rich. Of course, that didn't happen very often, but Waller had a real genius of being able to organize them on the fly. His own playing, of course, was a key component of that, but he could uh, uh, arrange uh, instrumental sequences and things like that better than practically anybody in that regard. So now we're going to go on and hear another set of some unusual tunes. We're going to hear a Carmen Lombardo tune next, Boo Hoo. And you might know this from the Count Basie version, featuring a very tongue-in-cheek version by Jimmy Rushing. Um, this uh, was an instrumental. Waller didn't even try to sing this one. Uh, and uh, it's from April 9th of 1937. We're also going to hear from the same uh, recording session, San Antone, which was a tune by... Um, Andy Razaf and Paul Deneker. Of course, Razaf was uh, the main lyricist for most of the best-known Fats Waller tunes. And that's going to feature um, Herman Autry along with Gene Sidrick, Fats Waller, Al Casey, Charlie Turner, and Slick Jones again. Following that, we're going to go to a real... Uh, Al Casey feature. This is called Buck Jumpin'. I don't know if Buck was his uh, uh, sort of slang name or, or, or nickname or whatever, but this is a tune that Casey recorded several times in his career, and this is a feature for the guitar from end to end. There's some horn backing and some uh, encouragement vocally from the leader, but there's just some superb single string and chordal guitar playing on here. This is from October 1st of 1941 uh, with, uh, who do we have on here? We have, uh, again, um, Johnny Bugs Hamilton, along with Cedric Waller, as I said, Al Casey being the main star here, Cedric Wallace and Slick Jones. And then we're going to hear another tune from that same session, uh, sort of an unusual pick, a Dixieland tune, Clarinet Marmalade, which was from the book of the original Dixieland Jazz Band, the first band to make recordings, uh, here done in a very swing style, but featuring Gene Cedric on clarinet. You also get a little bit of organ from Waller. Unusual to have a Dixieland tune by this band, even more unusual to have an organ on it. But there you go. After that, we're going to finish up with one of the last tunes that Waller recorded. This was done for a film out on the West Coast in uh, January of 1943, but this particular tune was released. Uh, it was his last release under the Fast Waller's rhythm. Uh, he died on the way back from the West Coast, not too long after this. He died uh, on the train of pneumonia and just general high living. And this tune uh, features an entirely different group. We have a West Coast group that features the great Benny Carter, not on saxophone, but on trumpet in this case, Alton Moore on trombone, Bone, Gene Porter on clarinet and tenor sax, along with Waller, Irving Ashby on guitar, Slam Stewart on bass, and the great New Orleans drummer, Zudi Singleton, all of whom were active in uh, Hollywood at that time. And the tune we're going to hear is called Moppin' and Boppin'. So, 
There's our set. Boo Hoo, San Antone, Buck Jumpin', Clarinet Marmalade, and Moppin' and Boppin'.
So there we have some Fats Waller and his rhythm instrumental tracks. Started out with two things from uh, a date in 1937, April 9th. We heard Boo Hoo, the Carmen Lombardo tune, followed by San Antone, both of those featuring some nice guitar solos by Al Casey, as well as tenor sax and some clarinet by Gene Cedric, and trumpet by Herman Autry. Then we went to uh, two tunes that really featured some fine playing all around. Buck Jumpin' uh, was the tune that was a great feature for Al Casey. Some absolutely terrific uh, jazz guitar playing from that period, and mostly Al Casey all the way through. Uh, that was uh, combined, I should say that was October 1st, 1941, with Clarinet Marmalade, that unusual pick for a tune for the Fats Waller rhythm, featuring, of course, Gene Cedric on clarinet, but also some Fats Waller on organ, some unusual stuff in there. Then we finished up with that last Fats Waller and his rhythm tune, Moppin' and Boppin', uh, from uh, one of the films he did out in Hollywood in January 1943, featuring Benny Carter on trumpet, Alton Moore on trombone, Gene Porter in that case on tenor sax with some clarinet in there as well, Fats Waller on piano, Irving Ashby on guitar, of course he was better known for playing with uh, Art Tatum and with uh, Herman Chittison and uh, Nat King Cole later. He had great taste in piano players, and piano players seemed to like him. Slam Stewart on bass and Zooty Singleton having a drum feature there as well. So we're going to finish up with our Fats Waller program now, doing, as I mentioned, that single tune, Honeysuckle Rose, one of his best-known jazz tunes. This was on the flip side of Blue Turning Gray Over You, that 12-inch 78. That has about four minutes of music on it. And this is going to feature uh, the band from 1937 also, from uh, June um, 9th, uh, actually April 9th, excuse me, uh, Blue Turning Gray Over You was June 9th. We're going to hear some great swing playing by, of course, Herman Autry and Gene Cedric, Al Casey on guitar uh, with Waller, Charlie Turner on bass, and Slick Jones playing drums and vibraphone in this case. He was a, a, a very respectable vibraphone player, although he didn't play it too much, uh, except on a few of these fast Waller tunes. So I hope you enjoyed this program. You've been listening to WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. This is the Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark, and we've been listening to Fats Waller and his rhythm, the instrumental tracks. And hope you tune in again next week, and uh, you may be in for a surprise. Some fine, little-known jazz in a lot of cases are some uh, not terribly well-known recordings by some great jazz players. So thank you again, and see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.